This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Lots to get to on the show. The discussions will be long, so we're not going to waste too much time talking about nonsense. Uh, essentially, I'll run you quickly through it. Um, nice special congratulations we have to give out as well um, after we do this, before we get the show started. But uh, kind of give you a rundown of what's going on this week's show. It was a while ago. But uh, last Wednesday, it was the Guelph Storm defeating the Sarnia Sting in our feature game. We'll get to that to kick things off. Uh, of course, weekend observations. More suspensions start to roll in. Yep, more suspensions. Uh, stat of the week. Colin says he doesn't have one, but we're going to have one. To start segment number two, we're going to get a stat of the week. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, we're going to look at the standings because it's one. starting to get intriguing. Uh, that's that's a that's yeah. a huge. Story. I think Colin Ward. That's gonna be did, a debate. Colin we Ward and I did a segment on text before the show yeah. started. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. And then we fix baseball before we start. Like legit, we yeah. have an hour we delay because we we're trying to fix baseball. Yep. All star games need to be better. Also, I have an idea about the OHL finals. It's gonna be a fun one. I got it from the Super Bowl last night. The OHL finals they need pregame concerts outside the. I think they need a spot. They've done that before, haven't they? I don't. For sure they have. For sure they have. But they need to. I feel like London's the place to do that. Pull the market in the parking lot. Probably. Yeah, obviously the market helps. The market. And then it's. But London's changed a lot because there's a lot of buildings being built there. Yeah. They're getting into a concrete jungle. They're approaching a concrete jungle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what what everything is now anyways. So. Yeah. We just make a big deal. But uh, yeah, so I'll kind of, you know, run through the standings, see what exactly is going on. Player of the week, goaltender of the week, Colin Ward with another excellent job on those picks. Hey, that's two in a row. That's two and two now. Starting starting to hit my groove. Starting to hit it now. Don't want to peak too early, right? That's why we don't have you, And of course, we'll get to this week's featured game. Coming up to round out the show. But before we get started, a little announcement came through my Instagram feed um, as I was at work and on my phone. Don't worry about it. Um, (laughs) Bosses, don't listen to him. He was was working hard today. He he checked it this morning before work. I got you. I got you, Reese. Love that clutch. (laughs) You Mr. Reed Duthie, yeah, and his wife uh, Celine. Congratulations! They are expecting. Um, yeah, he did it with a nice, nice photo too of a bulldog's onesie. nice, nice cover up. Yeah, nice uh, cover up. Yeah, yeah. So the bulldogs well, have right? a so the bulldogs have a new fan on the west. That's pretty cool. Congrats. He'll be he'll be cranking that air horn before you hey. know it to start the game. <laughs> hey. Two years from now, so the 2024-2025 playoffs, the Hamilton Bulldogs, Reed's kids going to be out there just hitting, hitting the horn in the corner with the <laughs> Now in the years, he's going to love that one. That's he's awesome. going to be the kid in the corner, Bulldogs jersey on, just hammering it. Oh, God. We got to have a segment. We got to have a segment for the two. Yeah, obviously. That's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, congratulations uh, to Reed and his entire family on the great announcement. Uh, 
as we begin the show on Valentine's Day. Mr. Dylan Larkin makes it as he scores a highlight reel goal. <laughs> as he scores a highlight reel goal. Put it on the highlight reel. The boss, the captain. We're not worthy. You know, I find hilarious that I, we're doing this two minutes after I say, yeah, we're not going to waste too much time. We're going to get into the show. <laughs> and Larkin, yeah, and all you see is a celebration. <laughs> I wish we could screenshot that one and post it on our oh social media. That was awesome. That As one. I just about to announce it, Kong puts his arms in the air and he knows exactly. Oh, from Mr. Cider. That's what I like to see. Oh, Norris. Cider for Norris. Yeah. Let's get his yeah. cider. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Uh, to begin the opening segment, Guelph Storm, Sarnia Sting. Uh, they did battle last Wednesday evening at Progressive Auto Sales Arena. It was a six to one Guelph Storm final. And of course, we can't get that one goal game in our featured game. It always, not that this was a blowout, but six to one isn't necessarily close. Um, but again, it's an intriguing matchup. Sarnia, they're fighting for their playoff lives. Guelph, they're fighting to get back into a division race because they've kind of fallen off a little bit. But, uh, you know, they had themselves a nice weekend after getting this win against Sarnia. Uh, they ended up going to Mission, Michigan, getting three out of four points there uh, and a big trip over to the state. So, you know, for them, it's just about you know regaining confidence and trying to find a way to climb back into that race for, for the division lead. And, you know, this game was kind of weird, Reese, because when you look at the stats, when you look at the stat line, it was close. Obviously, yeah. the score wasn't, and that's the main one. But here's – I just want to quickly read the shots and another stat quickly because these are big. So the first period, the shots were 9-8 for Guelph, 15-11 in the second period for Guelph, 8-8 in the third, 32-27 with shots on goal. The face-offs were 33 for Sarnia, 27 for Guelph. That possession, but the thing that hurt them, I know we'll get on this, but 0 for 7 on the power play for Sarnia, 4 for 5 for Guelph. That hurts. 0 for 7 on the power play isn't good. And 4 for 5, that buried him. So Guelph won the special teams battle, and that's what happened. That's for sure. Because any if you take the power play out of the mix, that game's probably a 2-1, 3-1 game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you, you look at you look at Gaudreau for the for the sting, and yeah, six goals. 32 shots, not ideal. Um, not his fault in the slightest. I mean, your team, your team is one for five on the PK. I, I don't care if your goaltender is Dominic Hasek. Uh, there's not a very good shot you're winning that game. So, and they have a Dominic Hasek equivalent to our league in Ben Goudreau. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, quickly run through the scoring summary here. Uh, first period, 642 in, Braden Guy, 10th of the season. Uh, Cooper Walker, Daniil Cheka uh, assisting on that power play goal. Of course, first of four. And 13.01 mark, Chase Coughlin. As looks like Wardy is still overreacting to that Dylan Larkin goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Coughlin, third of the season, the eventual game winner. Uh, makes it 2-0 Guelph at the time. And that would end the scoring summary in period number one, as Colin mentioned, uh, shots on goal 9-8 after the first 20. Heading to the second, uh, around the midway mark of regulation, 10-07 to be exact, Ben McFarland, uh, ninth of the year, uh, Danny Jilkin and Cooper Walker assisting on their second power play goal of the game. Make it 3-0, 
And following that, just four minutes later, eh, four and a half minutes later, uh, Ben McFarland's 10th of the season, second of the night. Uh, Braden Guy, Cooper Walker getting the assists on yet another power play goal for the Guelph Storm as Mr. Lindstrom makes it 2 nothing Red Wings, his first career NHL goal. No, 14.39 mark, that fourth goal coming for Guelph. And it would be 4 nothing until Nolan Dan breaks the shutout. Mel Yavin and Dillingham getting the assists on that one. 15.03 mark. So just 24 some odd seconds after that. Got math going. There we go. Right on. Attaboy. So it'd be 4-1 after 40 minutes of play in Sarnia. In the Gulf Storm, you know, not that the game wasn't already put away, but they would just add uh, sprinkles on top of the icing. Uh, Braden Bowman, his 15th of the year, 12:47 into the third. And then with just over two and a half minutes to play in the game, uh, Jugan gets his ninth, Cam Allen and Bushinger getting the assists. Power play goal again. That rounds out a very strong special teams night for the Guelph Storm. Four for five again on the power play. And it would be a 6-1 final. Just overall look at this game, Colin. I mean, it, it was it was a while ago. This is one of those games where you got to take notes and kind of, oh, yeah, that happened at that point. Yeah, that happened at that point of the game. You got to try and remember what's going on. But, uh, yeah, just, just looking back, Colin, at this one, I mean, it was an intriguing matchup, like I said, to start off. Guelph trying to get back into the playoff rate. Not back into the playoff race, but back into that divisional race. Uh, whereas the Sarnia Sting, they're fighting to stay in a playoff spot with that very tight bottom of the Western Conference. So just your overall thoughts on this one. And, you know, maybe an opportunity missed for the Sting and, you know, a maybe a confidence booster and a Kickstarter on a run that Guelph could go on. Yeah, and well, this game was good because it was there's a milestone in the game as well. Congrats to George Burnett. And finally got the tie. He ended up breaking it over the weekend. We'll touch on that, I'm sure, in a couple minutes. But big congrats to George Burnett. And that was a massive win for Guelph. Guelph desperately needed a win. I mean, they've dropped a couple in a row. They needed to win that weeknight game to kickstart their weekend, and it helped. That's for sure. Yeah, I must look back at it after that Owen Sound thumping that they got in Barry, uh, you know, kind of a different scenario. Of course, Guelph gets the win in this one, whereas you look back Owen sound, they got destroyed, uh, but then absolutely lit a fire under their rear ends and they got going. So you know, a little bit of different situation, but still kind of our featured game hashtag the effect uh, kind of got, uh, got these teams rolling. So if we do a featured game right now, we got to get out. Of, we got to get out of the slump. We got to get that one goal game. I know, I right? We, we got to only had one one goal game. game. Yeah, we. You know what we need? We needed that. We need that shootout two like we had in Niagara. That was a good game. Yeah, it that was. was the best game we've had. That was the best featured game we had. The Oshawa Niagara featured game. I think that was the first one of the year. I believe that was the first featured. Absolutely, game of the it was second for sure. That I'm was the, look it up. That right was the now. best one. The shootout. So. Hopefully we can get back to that. We need a, we need a one-scoring game because it's tough. When it gets to the second period, it's a lopsided score. It's tough. I think we just got to start playing X's and O's or something on Twitter, challenge some of the X's and O's. Yeah, first featured game of the season was the Oshawa Generals visiting the Niagara Ice Dogs, a 3-2 final in a shootout. Yeah. Back on October 9th. 
Dang. It is the middle yeah, of February. Right? That goes by quick, eh? Holy that crap. That went by quick. My God. That went, that's a, wow. Yeah. That's wild, we're close, eh? We're close to the end of the season now. We're close to the end of the season. Yeah, that's insane. It goes by quick. The years go by fast. That's for sure. Oh, well. Yeah. It just means we're closer than the end which, by the way, Sportsnet, what the true. hell? Who Very gives true. a crap about I the like World Cup? Running. Sorry, as a baseball and hockey fan, who gives a rat's ass about soccer? Honestly. <laughs> like, like <laughs> you might as well have the paint-drying world championships of the world on. <laughs> like, oh, but anyways. Yeah, Mem Cup. Let's get it back. Come on, let's not delay it too far, QMJHL. Yeah, yeah, we need that. We need that bad for sure because it's going to be a fun one. There's a lot of teams here in the O that are in contention. I don't think any team's really established. Yeah. Well, we've said, that, we've said that all year. We get, we, you know, you look at London, the start that they had, and, oh, well, London's the easy favorite. And, I mean, they're an easy team to pick at the start of the year just because they're always competitive. They're always very good. And then they had a little bit of trouble there, and other teams started to catch up to them. Now we – they're still a good team, but yeah, like you said, Colin, we've kind of seen that since probably There's questions. What like mid to end November, we're we're thinking no, no team is really like out there. No team is for sure. Oh yeah, they're going to be in a conference final. Like there, there's usually one team in the entire league. We're like, yeah, that team's going to be in an Eastern or Western Conference final. Yeah, you don't really have that like you had with Ottawa in the last few years. Yeah, I think we'll touch on that pretty good in the standings because there's a lot of questions, especially in the West. In the East, I think there's a, it's a right now in the East, I think it's a two-horse race. But once you say that, it goes to a four because there's two teams creeping into elite contention. And obviously, elite contention, there's a difference between contenders and elite contenders, cup contenders. There's a big difference in our league. I think right now the East is definitely close in the West because – we will oh, yeah. t- we'll touch we'll touch on it when we do the standings because there's a big there's a big difference in my opinion between the two conferences. Especially being fortunate enough to see a lot of both conferences this year, too. Oh, we'll get to that for sure. That'll be segment two. It should be fun. Uh, make sure you stick around for that one. Should be a good segment. But put a wrap on it. Six one final Guelph defeats Sarnia. Uh, this past week's featured game that took place February 9th at Progressive Auto Sales Arena. Kind of, let's get to observations from the weekend. And uh, we'll let Colin go first. He had a chance to get to get to a game or two. I didn't, I was unable to attend a game this weekend, unfortunately. But uh, what do you got for us, yeah. Colin? Weekend observations. I had, I had a few things recent. It was good because I got to watch a total of five games this week. Because the times were perfect. Because So, Sunday, caught the minor midget game in Brantford. And then, who, by the way, Brantford has a stud on their team. He's going to be a high first-round pick, in my opinion. I think he's a first-round pick for sure. Well, really Brantford's moving eye. up. They're moving up the Yeah, 10th in the, the OHL. Rankings, eh? Yeah, 10th in the OHL Cup rankings. So, congrats to them. It's always nice to see our local team do well. It's always nice to see the local team do good. Because for so many years, our age group in Brantford, you know what? I can touch on it first because I had that in mind. I had the game on my things to watch because I might as well say something about the minor midget because yeah. it's so close and Brantford in the top 10, might as well touch on it. So I got to go Sunday. They played here on Perth, and both teams had some studs, that's for sure. Um, Tate, Tate Vadar 
the captain of uh, Port here or uh, here on Perth. Very, very good. Twenty nine points in twenty one games this year. He's a kid where the puck explodes off the stick. Big left handed shot, and he used it here on Perth's power play. Though they just go through him. Legit, you watch their power play. Nobody took a shot other than this kid. He's the only one that took a shot. He plays. Well, that sounds like the easiest defensive plan of all time. (laughs) He got like six shots off. He got like six shots off. That's the difference, right? The OHL, you're not going to get those shots like that. That's the difference, right? You have to change your game up a little bit when you go to the OHL. But then for Brantford, I quickly want to touch on this one. Lucas Carmiris, their captain, 50 points this year, recent 21 games played. Elite, elite talent. Elite talent, yeah. Maybe, maybe work on maybe work on the skating a little bit, kind of upright. But other than that, really good player, really, really good talent. I mean, fifty-one points or fifty points in twenty-one games. He's an Alliance points leader. He went to the Alliance Showcase. He went to the Minor Midget Showcase, and he's lit it up everywhere he's been. He's a guy that's a first-round talent in the OHL. So I want to quickly bring that up because anyone that's local and the Alliance is our closest league. I know. There's going to be some Quinty stuff. Joel is always in the Quinty area covering mm-hmm. the Belleville Senators. So, what, like, anytime we see a local guy, we got to mention it. That's one for me where I wanted to mention that one because what a hockey game. He So, Reese, it was 2-2. It was 2-2 with 40 seconds to go. And um, here on Perth takes a power play. This kid gets a puck. Um, Lucas Kermiris gets a puck playing that flank side up high is the extra defense and is a forward playing defense mm-hmm. on his right side I guess he gets the puck instead of shooting he goes for a walk all the way around to the other side of the ice feeds a cross crease pass right on his cousin's tape right on right on the tape for the game winner with like 40 seconds to go but what a play what a player this kid's going to be good at the next level he sees the ice well he's going to be a really good player really good talent that's for sure and now to the OHL, sorry, but to the OHL this week, what the goaltending this week? I, mean, I think I tweeted that out yesterday or Sunday. I think it was I tweeted that out. The goaltending this week in the OHL has been incredible. I don't think we've had a weekend like this in a long, long time. I mean, Pavel Chayon on Friday night, or on Friday night, yeah, he beats a lot of night at home. But then Saturday is the big one 65 stops on 68 shots to get an overtime win over Owen Sound. All of a sudden, Kitchener gets over that hump of beating London. They roll in Owen Sound and get a big overtime win. Look out for the Kitchener Rangers. So there's one. Also, Joe Rangers Sunday, 31 on 31. Shut out the Ottawa 67s on the road. What a performance for him. And Levi Merrill Lyon in the Ottawa prospect, the Kingston Frontenac's goal center. Sunday afternoon against the Hamilton Bulldogs. Hamilton had four breakaways in the first period, Reese. And Levi Merrill Lyon had stopped them all. That game was a, a massively in favor of Hamilton at, until that happened. 53, not 53 on 57 shots, Reese. I mean, they don't win if he doesn't play like that. Hamilton Hamilton played unreal. When I saw, and yeah, there's a couple of goals Constantini would want. That Constantini played really well as well. Constantini's really starting to find his game, which is really big for Hamilton. But when you see Marilyn stop a puck on Misak and from the slot. Misak had the wide open shot opportunity from the slot and got denied by the blocker. And that's an opportunity where Misak usually scores, but Marilyn stands tall, very talented. And the goaltending this weekend was incredible. Mm-hmm. And I want to quickly touch on that. And also one, one more thing, Reese. And this is one where I've been on it all year, but 
it's a point that really it's my pet peeve in our league right now, Reese, because officiating judgment calls. I wish there'd be more give the player the benefit of the doubt than just calling the boarding penalty because I find our officials make a lot of interference slash boarding penalties when they're not. It's just a size difference. So Bryce Montgomery gets a penalty on Saturday night in Windsor where if he, and he gets a major for it, but if Bryce Montgomery, if the guy he hits or Bryce Montgomery isn't six foot four, that's not a penalty. It's shoulder on shoulder. Right, it's a tough size matchup when you're going to hit a guy that's five eleven. You're six four. What's the what's the result? Where do you where do you think he's going to hit him? He's not going to go down and clip him. Like he's where's he going to hit him? It's a body contact league. There is body contact. I know. Last year there were quote unquote no body contact league. <laughs> wow, <laughs> there is there is. So you got to call the body checks. And I just thought at the pro level for Bryce that is not a penalty. That is not a penalty. A lot of the calls we're seeing, Arbor Jack, I too, with a boarding penalty, I saw too on the weekend, where that is not a penalty at the professional level. That's a clean shoulder-on-shoulder hit. And by the way, Reese, on Sunday, there's a couple kids in that game that laid perfect body checks, literally coming over the blue line, shoulder-on-shoulder, lay the guy right out, clean, go right through him, textbook hit. Perfect body check. So I'm excited for that for the future of our league because we desperately need those tough hits. When it, Reese, there's nothing better. You grew up in Windsor. You saw Kitchener play. You've been around. It. You've watched this league. When you see those hits, when you see those hits late in the year, that gets the crowd going. Reece. That gets the crowd fired up. So we desperately need those hits. And I hope that as we get into the postseason race, like we are, we start to get a little bit more lenient. Like we start to give a little bit more leeway to the players knowing that one penalty that's a questionable call because refs know what's ticky tack in their head they know that and start to give the players the benefit of the doubt let's play some five on five let's get some flow going let's get some nice body checks let's get some skill going i like that so i hope that i hope that now that we're in the second half in playoff runs i hope that we start to let guys play because we desperately need that going into the playoffs because i can tell you right now when this 100% capacity thing opens for the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of Barnes packed. I know Hamilton's going to have eight to 9,000. I know that upper bowl, the, the middle parts of the upper bowl are going to be open. I know that. And Kitchener's going to be rocking. If they get in, Windsor's going to be rocking. Windsor has a good team. Windsor has a really good first line that can score. You know the Bud's going to be rocking in London. Guelph's going to have a good team. Sleeman, Sleeman bumps. Sleeman bumps. When you get the 4,000 people in Sleeman, it bumps. So it's nice. It's a nice part to watch in the playoffs. So you can tell I get excited for the playoffs. Yeah. But well, I can't wait for that. I love our arenas full. And I can't wait to see yeah. some hard-nosed hockey, some skill, some grit, right? Up and down the wing hard. Finish our checks. Go to the net. That's ho- that's playoff hockey. Now, that's where our league's built around. You can do what you want to do. You can change what you want to change. But our league is built on hard-nosed hockey. It is. A lot of the memories I have from going to games, Reese, are, I mean, I saw Zach Ronaldo play in London. I mean, look at Dave Boland. Dave Boland played in London growing up watching Dave Boland. Dave Boland was a skilled guy. It's part of our game. And guys are skilled now where, yes, they don't have to fight, but Dave Boland, look how many points he had in junior, right? They can do it. You don't really change your game to the pro level. Well, well and that's why I think, and as many people – want to see those east west matchups throughout the regular season i do as much as anyone else i'd love to see Hamilton yeah. take on london i'd love to see you know oh 
what's it like the Kingston's taking on Guelph or Kingston taking on Windsor. Like that'd be that those are matchups you want to see. But I think this is why this is going to be one of the most epic playoffs of like one of the oh. most of all time because just because and I don't want to use the word hate because that's not it, but with all the compete that's building up, all of the suspense, all of the the will, the want to be in the playoffs. The, yeah, the exactly the animosity, the amount that's all building up that you want to be playing for an OHL championship. You want to be in the Memorial Cup out east. Like that's why I think this playoffs is gonna be so good. Is you're gonna get matchups oh. that you're gonna wear teams out, and I think there aren't going to be a whole lot of sweeps or five game series. I think there's going to be a lot of six and a possibly a few seven. That's how good these playoffs I think are going to be. And that's what I think helps with, you know, the majority of West teams playing just West teams. Of course you're getting those cross conference matchups up North Sault Ste. Marie, Sudbury, North Bay, and, you know, down East the QW with Erie, Erie, Niagara, Erie, Hamilton. But, you know, that's just it's it's all building to the playoffs. You're playing all these teams throughout the regular season so many times. Well, you get to play this team again in a seven game series. Have fun, yeah. And that's yeah, good luck. It'll be so much fun. You know what's going to be good? You know what's going to be good? And I keep thinking about this in my head, and we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, but I keep thinking about what if this happens? Different scenarios. So let's look at Win. Let's look at Windsor Hamilton. Can you imagine a finals of Windsor Hamilton? all the goals that would be scored in the first two games. Can you imagine that? I'd set the over under at 15 and a half for two, the first for, crap. For two games. For what two are we games. playing the Super Bowl again? God I don't damn. think it's wild. I don't think, I honestly think it's reachable because there's going to be no structure. Like, yes, there's going to be structure. And yes, there's going to be video. They're going to know tendencies. But you often see the first two games of a series, especially the first a lopsided score, a high score, or a high-scoring affair, because especially this year, because teams have not played each other. So you might see that odd time where a team just gets not smoked, but a high-scoring run-and-gun atmosphere, and that's fun for the building. That's fun for the fans, but the coaches won't like it. Yeah, and then you see, like, okay, London, Mississauga, finals of London, Mississauga, yeah, over, under, like, four, game one, like, like what's yeah. it going to be? So there's a big difference. There's a massive difference. It depends who it is, but there's some matchups in this league that are very intriguing where it's like, hey, this could be a fun finals. Like, pack the barns, let's go. Like, you're not going to want to shut the TV off. You're going to want to buy tickets to see the see these teams play because this is going to be a really good matchup. And I think this year's final, there's going to be it's going to be a good one. The right teams will get there because it's going to be hard to make it through. Yes, the West, I could see some upsets, but the East, I think, like, any team from the East that's in there, like they're structured, they're like they have it all in the East. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. yeah one more note I do want to touch on from the weekend. Uh, I mean, it just it leads into last weekend and kind of my point, uh, what I discussed about on last show. But the run the North Bay Battalion are on right now, uh, just, just got to note it again. They're winners of seven in a row. Um, yes. They have the second best record in their last 10 games in the Eastern Conference, only behind Hamilton. And I guess you could put behind North Bay with North Bay having an extra uh, shootout win or overtime win. But uh, the North Bay Battalion, 7-2-0-1 oh, um, in their last 10 games. Like I said, seven-game oh. win streak. And just, just look at the teams they're beating. And this 
win streak dates back to Friday, January 28th against the Mississauga Steelheads. They were shut out at the Paramount Fine Food Center. And then they've won seven in a row. They've beat the Ottawa 67s three to two. Uh, they've beat the Sioux Greyhounds twice. First game five two, second game five four in overtime. You know they beat Kingston five two. They destroyed Niagara seven to one. They beat Mississauga on the road four to two. They come back home, beat Sudbury four three. That they're starting to get back to that level where they're elite again. Again, well, season ends. How many months. games have they played? And how many games has Hamilton played? Hamilton's played 40. North Bay's played 47. Kingston's yeah. played 41. The only team that's Four really points. close to them is Mississauga. And Mississauga has played 46. So, and the Oshawa Generals, too, winning six in a row. That's impressive, too. Yeah. But North Bay, North Bay definitely has it. They have a really good top line, Reese. And here's another point where I had a couple messages on Twitter about this, Reese. Where why are there no OHL teams in the top ten in the CHL rankings? Why is there only two? And that's a very good question because yeah. I'm trying to think of that. I you have a team that's won seven in a row in the North Bay Battalion. They have 58 points in Hamilton has 54, London has 51. Those are the two teams in it. How are they not in it? I can think of how okay, is so, Mississauga not in it? The top team in the OHL. How is the top points. team in the league win. not in there? That makes absolutely no sense. I know. It makes zero sense. I'm thinking of at least four teams right now at the top of my head that aren't in it that should be in it. Okay. Mississauga Steelheads, automatic. Why would you even think about them yep. not being in it? Like you said, league the top leader in league. points. They've only given up 115 goals. How are they not in there? Mississauga Steelheads are in there. Kingston Frontenacs are in there. North Bay yeah. Battalion are in there. Flint Firebirds are in there. 56 points for the Flint Firebirds in first place right now in the Western Conference. Let's go. They, the, the CHL rankings better have at least four OHL teams in this week's rankings, or it's wrong. It's wrong. And this is a tough debate. you got to watch what you say about it because it's a touchy subject. But that is wrong. It's wrong if there's not at least four OHL teams in the top ten We're, this week. Yeah, we won't be the first ones to – to kind yeah. of criticize this there's been yeah it's it baffles me it really it's, does it's wrong it's wrong yeah. it's so. not right it's wrong i don't know how and you can't make that excuse because there was no season last year because that was last year if you're making that excuse right now because there was no season last year and you don't know what where the ohl ranks amongst the uh, the rest who's won in the last five memorial cups how many has the ohl won i mean how do you not how do you not like the the word forever on the OHL is it's the most skilled out of the three. That's always been the thing about the OHL. It's the most skilled. So only two, like I don't get that at all. I really don't. There's a lot of teams. The Mississauga Steelheads definitely deserve to be in there. North Bay Battalion better be in there. Or it's wrong. If the North Bay Battalion are not in the top ten, that's wild. That's seven in a row. Oshawa Generals are, have won six in a row. How? How like Oshawa? I can see that sitting in fifth in the East, and you can't have every team. You can't just be a top ten OHL. Obviously, if I was doing the rankings, it would. <laughs> but those rankings, I don't think they mean much, anyways. It's more of a popularity thing. It's more of a hey, our team, 
our team's in it, right? Hey, let's yeah. let's go, right? Our team's in the top 10. But realistically, what does it mean? I can just look at the top 10 league standings overall and say there's our top 10 right there for the OHL, and at least four out of the 10 should be in the top 10 anyway. So, oh, well. Exactly. Fired up, Reese. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I just want to correct myself. The North Bay Battalion do have the second best record in their last 10. Eight and two are the Bulldogs. Next in line is the Battalion, seven, two, oh, and one. So uh, they are the three, four teams in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, quickly, before we hit the break, as we approach the 31 minute mark uh, in the show, suspensions this week. Yeah. Why does it feel like we have three or four every week? I have no clue. And it's always on the same date, too. It's always the Friday night. Yeah. It's always the same, too. It's weird. Oh, man. Yeah. Kind of sucks a little bit. But what are you going to do? Starting with uh, Thomas Stewart. He gets three games for a slew foot in their contest on February 11th in Ottawa. Uh, he will return on the 19th in Barrie. Ottawa's Stephen LaForme, he gets suspended indefinitely, again with the indefinite suspension. Love that. Yeah. Uh, blindside check on the 11th. Same out on Wednesday. Against Oshawa. Yeah, yeah should, be, should be soon. Uh, again, no return for him set yet. Chandler Romeo of the Sarnia Sting gets suspended indefinitely again. Not again for him. I mean, another indefinite. Anyways, uh, his check to the head Friday night in Sault Ste. Marie. Again, no return date announced yet. Niagara's Liam Van Loon, which good point was made on Twitter. A lot of people are calling him Liam Van Loom. Yeah, I don't see the Van Loom. Yeah, neither do I. That's a, that, That's just as bad as back when I with the ice dogs and they had Brady Johnson. Oh yeah. Bradley Johnson. Where'd that all come from? Like we've been saying, we've been, we've been criticizing some, uh, we've been criticizing some broadcast, like some broadcast, I guess. I I mean, I still, I still remember the date and I'm not going to say who it was. Um, Akel Thomas streaks down the wing. What? Yeah, that's tough. Okay. Anyways, uh, Van hey, Loon. You know what? Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Shout out to the Saginaw Spirit. The Saginaw Spirit have a very underrated broadcast. I think we got to start doing this, talking about the broadcast. Because the Saginaw Spirit have a really good broadcast. I like their broadcast. So shout out to them. It's a really good broadcast. I watched their game, a couple games on the weekend in Saginaw. Very good broadcast. So kind of blown away by it. It was really good. Um, good system they use there, too. I like the uh, coaches' corner and stuff at the intermissions. The coaches' interviews. Yeah, it's not bad, stuff. eh? Instead of the it's typical really like stand up. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. So I w- just want to shout out a good broadcast. I thought, I mean, radio guys, Reese, we, we like watching broadcasts. So I had to shout that one out for sure. That was a good one. Yeah. Well, future of OHL media right there in the States right now. Um, anyways, Liam Van Loon. Uh, that is another indefinite suspension. Boarding major Friday night in Sudbury. No return dates. Kid. We will take a break. We are getting to 35 minutes into the show, but who cares? When we hey. come back, we will have a stat of the week, guaranteed. 
Uh, We'll look at the standings, talk about the player and goaltender of the week. And then, of course, to round out the show, we will get to this week's featured game. So all of that is next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Dumaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL in 60 podcast. Linktree is up there. So wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, uh, we're more than likely there. Apple, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and of course the Bulldogs audio network. Funny story with me and the Hamilton Bulldogs bus uh, on the weekend. I'll kind of share that after this, but uh, also, the link to our website is there as well. Joe Vanderland and Mr. Colin Ward have their articles up there for you to check out. So again, at the OHL in 60 podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As me pulling up into First Ontario Center. By the way, premium parking inside the building worked out very well. Um, so yeah, pull in. Guy goes, oh yeah, just go park over there. Of course, I look over there. The Hamilton Bulldogs bus is right there. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty dope. It's a park and the guys are loading a bus. That's pretty sweet. Uh, me forgetting when I bought my car, I was working for the Niagara Ice Dogs. And I still have the front license plate bracket, uh, not bracket, uh, cover frame, whatever you want to call it, uh, of the Niagara Ice Dogs on the front of my car. Wonder how many guys noticed that and were like, who the hell is this bleeping guy? He's from Niagara here yeah. <laughs> that's exactly so kind of worried about that but the wing sticker on the back of my car made up for it so it was okay for sure uh um, sure. all right colin we've got our stat of the week figured it out over the break yes we did and it, it's an interesting one so we mentioned we talked about the scoring throughout every four shows. I feel like I do this for a stat yeah, around week. every four or and five. And I feel yeah. like it's a good. I feel like it's a good one because right now it adds up till the end of the year. So right now, right now the goal difference between the leagues or between the conferences is just five. It's just five goals difference in favor of the West. So the East has one thousand five hundred four goals scored. The West one thousand five hundred nine goals scored. So it's a pretty. It's, a, it's really close. It's up, the East has gotten a gap since we last did it. The West was up a few. I believe a few more. I don't have it saved. I just got to save it more. But I, I'll save this one for next one. But that's very close. It's getting closer. In favor, I think the East is, go, is hotter lately in the goal scoring department. I mean, look at the scores. I mean, Kingston, Mississauga on Friday night. Like, holy. Yeah. Obviously, it's going to go up. North Bay beating Niagara seven to one. Of course, yeah. I mean, this was a cross conference game, but Barry scoring eight goals on Owen Sound, like, hey, that's big. Those conference games are big, like that. When you can outscore the uh, conference, get more goals. But wow, it's close. It's getting closer. That's for sure. And I like doing that as a stat of the week because it's nice to see where the conferences are at. There's not a lot of play right between conferences, so it's nice every month to mention that. So. Five goals difference, 1,509 for the West. For the East, it's 1,504. Five goal difference. Hit up the ad, Reese. Uh, Colin Ward's stat of the week this week is brought to you by the internet that failed at First Ontario Center. 
the internet. It's 2022. It should be better. So, so what's the deal there? So 2019, 2020, it was bad. And then this year it was okay. Yeah, but I'm not talking and Wi-Fi. I'm talking like the hard, the like the, the hard wire in. Oh, the hard wire. Okay. Like I, okay. I don't know if it was a faulty cord or what, but we had to do Might the be. second half of the Toronto Rock Buffalo Bandits game over the phone line. It may, it may be. It was probably the a lot. It was probably the wire because the gear I got from Bell Media, formerly TSN eleven fifty in Hamilton. Um, clearly hadn't been used since, um, well, the last time that yeah. CFL was on the air on TSN 1150. <laughs> so actually, no, the last time this gear would have been used was by friend of the show, Reed Duthie. Oh, forgot about that. Cause the great cup would have been that fall. The Bulldogs still would have played, uh, into the next season, into the next year, into 2020. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. of course. Oh, an interesting thing I found out as well. And hey, Bell Media, they're not upgrading those cards. You. <laughs> no. They are not upgrading that. Yeah. <laughs> you know Bell Media. Yeah. Which, by the way, change. I found out the Thai Cats pulled away. Not sure if I'm supposed to share that. Oh, well. Thai Cats pulled away from 1150. Found that out. So. Oh. Boom. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, where do you want to start, Wardy? You want to start in the West? You want to start in the East with their standings update? Where do you want to go first? I'll start in the East because right now on my uh, tablet, it's the top one of my conferences. So start the East. Easy to say. <laughs> make it easy on myself. I make it easy on myself. Yeah, yeah but you can just say, yeah, it's not, but yeah, but it's on the bottom for me. Yeah. <laughs> Switch it up. Yeah so, yeah. so for everyone out there, we're not going to analyze 10 different teams and where they're positioning in the standings is it's just it's an interesting part of the season again like we said earlier it is the middle of february already when we were looking yeah. back to our first featured game october 9th wild, wild isn't it yeah it's very so it's something that's for sure it goes by it goes by fast yeah and with, with all these teams on these runs like you look at the top five in the east you look at the top five in the west uh, all but guelph in the Western Conference. Uh, they're the only team in the top five in each conference who has a below 500 record in their past 10, but uh, they're on a nice yeah. point streak right now. They had points in three straight games this past week, so, so shout out to yeah. them. But we'll start in the East and uh, just kind of you know, looking it over and giving our overall thoughts about what we could see in the next month and a half, two months. So now, Reese, with being with the Bulldogs Audio Network, we get to go to Hamilton all the time, right? And that's a local place for us. It's easy to get there. So it's the best of both worlds. And watching Hamilton, this isn't biased at all. This is not a biased opinion. This is just what I saw. At home, Hamilton's a very good hockey team. At home. The Kings and the – and another thing about Hamilton was that really sticks out to me, Reese, they haven't really played a game with their full lineup. So nobody, their potential is sky high because of that. You don't know what they are. In my opinion, they can only get better when everybody comes back. I mean, Mason McTavish comes back, they're going to get better. That's just a common sense thing. Mason McTavish is the best player in our league. So in my opinion right now, looking at the standings, I think Hamilton's the best built to win because, Reese, we look back now a month, trade deadline, what team went all in? The Hamilton Bulldogs. So you're starting to get the positives of going all in but the one thing is for Hamilton they have to get better playing on the road 
if they can win those road games, hey, they won a big one on Tuesday night in Mississauga. Props to them. That's a big road win in Mississauga, beating Mississauga back-to-back games against them. That's big. But then you go play Kingston, and they played well. They played good enough to win, that's for sure, but they mm-hmm. lost, right? Should have, would have, could have. So, in my opinion, in the East right now, looking at the standards, I think Hamilton's the best built. I like their defensive line. I think Grushnikov, yeah. Donovan. I mean, Jack, I, Steos. I mean, well, we've talked about just, it numerous times. Like, win. like, like if they can't score, they're going to win one nothing because that yeah. D is so far ahead of the rest of the of the pack. And, it's just and you tops, do like, it. top to bottom, all six guys, like all top six guys on that defense. Yeah, it's it's very good. That's a defense I, I would pick in a fantasy football league. Yes. Yeah. Hey, if you had to pick a defense in the Ontario Hockey League, defensive core in the Ontario Hockey League, for me, it's them, Guelph, or London. Yeah. One of those three. One of those three I'm picking. And especially with the additions Hamilton's of Steklov, Mayu for London, like that. Yeah. Veteran decor in Guelph. Yeah. I really like Saprika. I'm a big Saprika fan. And I mean, you Hamilton, had young Cam Allen in Guelph. Like that adds yeah. to it as well. Like he's been really good. He's been good. Yeah, he's a stud. He might be the best player from that draft. And Richie's been good. I mean, Musty, first overall pick. Allen might be the best pro from that draft, from that top five, I'll say. But when I look at the standings in the East, it's tough. I think Hamilton has the edge right now. I think North Bay is the second closest. North Bay and Mississauga. Kingston, Kingston, it's kind of like a prove it, right? We know what you can do short term, but let's see you do it for a longer stretch, right? Let's see you do it. I mean, seven and three in the last 10 is good. Seven and three is pretty good. And so let's see them do that over 15 games. Let's see them over 15 games, right? Let's see how they trend upwards out once they get outside of 10. Barry's kind of fell down with the suspensions. That That's a big loss for them. They suffered that. They suffered majorly Friday night in Hamilton. With losing Tardwell, McDonald, they they Beerling, they suffered a lot without those guys. You can and you can see it. You can see the difference. But hey, Marty Williams, this is a good opportunity for you to see what you got in your younger guys in your draft eligible guys, seventeen year olds. Let's see what you got here moving to next year. Because I always thought Barry's here with next year because I think we had a really good draft two seasons ago. So once those guys are drafted, once the high to draft and Jelsons are drafted, once those guys get drafted, look out. Obviously, Brant Clark. Hey, Brant Clark may be back next year. They're going to be good. They are going to yeah. be good. I always thought their year was next year. And it was similar to Erie, right? Because Erie, McDavid, right? McDavid, like, let's go for it. And Erie was so desperate to go for it. But Erie's year was the year after without McDavid. And it's just the way it is. So, well, that's what's intriguing. Next year in Barry. That's what's intriguing about. And yeah, to switch shifts from Barry, don't mean to cut you off or anything, Wardy. That no, kind of. Oh, that kind of speaks to the situation Kingston's in right now with Shane Wright. I mean, he's yes. he's got the exceptional yes. status just like McDavid did. He's expected to go number one just like McDavid did. He's expected to be in the NHL next year just like McDavid was. Let's see what uh, – if Shane Wright comes back, holy crap. Okay, sure, we'll take another season of Shane Wright yeah. in the OHL. That'd be unreal. Will that happen? Yeah, there's a better chance he's in the NHL than back in the <laughs> OHL. Five percent chance out of a hundred. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> even less. Than you, that. You, you know, you still think about that. There's guys behind Shane Wright that still have a lot of talent, and they, that might be the situation they're in. Obviously, they yeah, were Ludwinski Soto. 
Yeah, they wanted to go for it this year. Obviously, they had McFarlane in line for the job to be the head coach, be the GM. Yeah, that didn't work out. So they kind of had to switch gears with that. It was a little unexpected. And, you know, Kingston really hasn't been a consistent winner. They're in second, so that's tough to say. But they haven't been a standout power number one all year. Exactly. Can they win a seven-game hard-fought series against a tough Hamilton defense? Well, we'll have to wait and see because it seems like whoever's home is wins that matchup. So, because in the East, in my opinion, if you're in the top two, it's a favorable matchup. If you're in first or second in the Eastern Conference, it's a favorable first round matchup. Three versus six is tough. North Bay versus Barry right now. Barry gets their guys back. That's tough. And then Hamilton, Oshawa right now. That would be tough. But yes, Reese, can they get, can they catch fire? Yeah. I'm de- yeah, I think absolutely. It's, it's still the games in That's hand. We, it's we're a broken record with the games in hand, but my God, North Bay 47, 40 for Hamilton, 41 for Kingston. Holy crap. How, how do you yeah, not pick really... Mississauga Kingston Hamilton for the top three, other than the North runs North Bay has been on, but like, how do you not pick that as your top three right now? Well, That's why I'm surprised. The, the OHL hasn't went with the AHL standing format where it's point percentage until those games are played. Right. That's why I was kind of surprised. It's not like that on the standings because, the AHL does that point percentage. You see teams with like five less games, but they're like two points back, but they're ahead of them in the standings. I don't mind that strategy. And then just bump down when they lose, right? But yeah, it's definitely a good point. It's just, it's hard right now. It's hard in the East to pick a team. Mississauga, I mean, they're the top team in the East right now. And no, we're not even talking about them. And that's, that's a good sign. That's well, good you sign. know, they're not in the top 10 in the CHL. So. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Light the candle. I mean, Light the fireworks. No, I mean, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. The Mississauga Steelheads, not, yeah. like, you can't ignore them. They still have 29 wins. They still have the most points in the OHL with 63. Uh, you know, they're 5 4 0 oh, 1 their last 10. So, not their greatest stretch this season, but still, you're going to have lulls in the year. And I think Mississauga's just in one of those right now. You know, they're losing games I'm- to North Bay. Those are kind of those divisional matchups that you want to get uh, despite mm-hmm. being up by five points and having a game in hand, but still it really means a whole lot uh, coming down to the end of the season. But I mean, yeah, you look at the performance, we mentioned it uh, off the top. Joe Ranger played unreal against Ottawa with the shutout. I mean, they're still solid in that. You know, their top two lines up front, they're unreal. It's just, they're, they're just part of that mix that, yeah, they, they have a really good chance to win. And yeah, it's funny we didn't start out with them, but uh, but no, like it's just the market I think that gets us is nobody goes to games and they're just it's unfortunate they're style. as irrelevant to Toronto as they are because they have a chance to win a playoff series unlike oh, the sure. NHL team that plays in Toronto. So Steelheads or like a fifth of the win. price, you could go see the Steelheads chase the championship or for. $400, you could see them lose, Leafs lose to Montreal in the first round. So, yeah. Although it won't be Montreal slide. this year. They're kind of garbage, but. Yeah. Florida <laughs> or Tampa. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. That's what on I'm saying. West. On to the West? Yeah. So, the West, Reese, the team that really sticks out to me. And yeah, it's not their point wise, but I. I really like Windsor. Reese, we both had Windsor as our team in the Western Division to win the Western Division in the media poll. And the question was the goal thing. I think Medina's playing good enough to win a couple of rounds. But I just think the parrot addition on the back end really 
really bolsters your decor. He's a big ad. Like, he logs minutes, right? He's a stud back there. He's going to log minutes. You know what you're going to get from him. I'm a bit, I'm on the Windsor fan. I'm on the Windsor fan, uh, fan, band. What do you call that? Bandwagon? Yeah, bandwagon. Yeah. I'm on the Windsor, I'm on the Windsor bandwagon right now because I think Windsor right now is the best, is the toughest team in the, in the Western Conference. I don't, uh, I look at Guelph. I think I like Guelph so way, but I think Guelph's matching up against London and it's tough against Windsor. It's tough against yeah. the other teams. Sault Ste. Marie as well. Sault Ste. Marie is a really good team. I really like Sault Ste. Marie, but losing Dickinson, Dickerson really hurts. So that one's tough. Flint, Flint, it, Flint's good. Flint, I mean, they get the pro guys back, right? They have Austin starting to light it up. They have a good team. I really like, and I like Kaplan as well. The, why not Flint, right? There's a bunch of teams in that mix that are good. And London. For Mississauga, the top two teams in each conference, how yeah. are they in first? We're in October. We Again, we're talking about October 9th, first featured game. Why, yeah. When did we say that Flint and Mississauga would be number one? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like the game's in hand too, right? They have a game in hand on Sith. Yeah. Like, like we were all in on, oh, yeah, Othman's gone. He's not staying in Flint. I think a lot of people are on that bandwagon that hey, a couple weeks not going to stay in Flint. Hey, like three weeks ago, three weeks ago, the week after the trade deadline, I was on here saying that some teams should sell that didn't. And obviously there still is some teams in the standings. There are some teams that you look at that should have sold, but they didn't. Yeah. And the Flint Firebirds were on the bubble of that. Will they sell? Right. There's a couple of things, but yep. didn't happen. They stayed true. They wanted to go for They want to quietly go for it. Right. They didn't want to add these big name guys. They trusted what they had. They got guys back. They got guys back that they didn't expect, which was massive. And then you, it gives you that bump. And also, also what helps is them playing the Michigan teams. Them playing those yeah. Michigan teams are huge. Erie's no slouch. Erie had a tough start. Right. Erie had a tough start. They're six, three, and one now in their last 10. Solid team. I think Erie wins a playoff round. That's how sold him on Erie. I really like Erie. I think Erie wins a playoff round. But Erie has yeah. the third best record in their past 10 in the Western Conference. Nine and one yeah. are the Firebirds. Seven and three are the Windsor Spitfires. There's Erie. Six, three, oh, and one. Uh, they have that yeah. extra point advantage over London, who is six and four in their last 10. They, Erie, Erie's no slouch. I Honestly, I think Erie wins a playoff round. I really do. Ever since I saw them go into Hamilton and beat Hamilton pretty good, I've thought Erie's going to make the playoffs. And now I'm thinking Erie might win a playoff round. Right now, they're at 37 points, 40 games played. I see them creeping in possibly fifth, but for sure sixth. For sure sixth. I see them moving up there. And I can see the Erie Otters winning a playoff round. I, I like the way they play. I think they have good draft eligible players. I think they have good veteran players. I think they have goaltending. Good mix. That's a good mix to win a round. I think they do. I think they do. Well, and that's what's intriguing about those bottom four or five teams in the Western Conference. And you, know, you look at it, oh, yeah, that's going to be the teams. They're going to be out first round, sweep five games. Well, no, we talk about Erie, how underrated they are. And, again, they're not talented enough to win an OHL championship. We're not saying that at all. But they're talented enough to at least compete in the first round of an OHL series. Yeah. That, that, that's a true statement. Uh, seventh place Kitchener Rangers, 39 points, 40 games. Um, look what they did on the weekend without uh, show guest Francesco Pinelli. Yeah. You know, they played hey, hard. They played they beat, well. They're 2-0-1. That's 
their streak they're on, I guess. You could yeah. say they were on a five-point streak or points in the last three games, if you want to call it that. But, no, they're, they're no slouch as well. I mean, Owen Sound, you look at that. What team rebounds with two wins after just getting destroyed 8 nothing? Yeah, they're on a bit of a downtrend now. They're four losses in a row, but that that's what you get with middle of the pack to lower teams is, yeah, you're going to win two, three games in a row, then you're going to lose four. It's like stock market, up and down, up and down, up and down. And Owen Sound, we always mention it. They're near that four to six range, four to seven range every single year. So, yeah, it's the, the Western Conference is, we talk about how good the East is. This is as close as a playoff race as you're going to get in recent years. Saginaw 10th, 33 points. They've played quite a few games. 43 games is three more than eighth place Erie, and they are four points back. Sarnia is in the mix. Two games in hand on Erie, one point behind, and then three point behind, three points behind the Kitchener Rangers. I think, and I think the battle comes down to Sarnia-Kitchener because the games in hand. I, or Owen Sound. Owen Sound, 42. That's four games in hand. They're starting it. That's four games in hand. Yeah. So that's a lot. Yeah. And just talk about the top, you know, the London Knights. I mean, let's talk about them last two minutes of the segment. They started off like they were going to win every single game of the year. They were the best team by far. Wasn't even close. Obviously currently sitting in second, five points behind the Flint Firebirds, five games in hand. So that helps them a lot. Uh, the rest has helped them a lot. But the yeah. this past weekend was not very good for the Knights. Well, well, Friday night was they were capable of winning that game. They outplayed Kitchener. They outplayed Kitchener. They were the better team, you could say. They didn't play great, but they outplayed them. So that's a game where you get scored on late, right? A mm-hmm. missed coverage, a missed coverage that you don't see that too often. Kitchener took advantage of that. Props to them, right? That's yeah. that's good team play, and. Saturday night in Windsor, that might be the second worst game of the year behind the Sarnia game. They didn't have anything going. And when London's good, when London's good, it's okay. They're in it, right? But when they're bad, they're bad. And you can really see the lack of size. I mean, no Montgomery, right? No, no Mayu. That's a big loss. That's a massive loss. That's how, like, Logan Mayu's are. One of your best, he's your best defenseman. He's your best defenseman. And him out of the lineup, that hurts. That hurts London. And when I when they lose, they lose, right? And like that's a weird thing to say, but they lose like no, they lose the puck battle. Saying. Yeah, they lose the puck battle. They just get outplayed. They get outworked a little bit. And I see a little bit of a size difference. Like, I don't know. I watched them play Guelph. I watched them play Windsor. And it looked like, and it just looks like there's more favored. It's more favored toward Guelph with being a bigger defensive team, right? Against the smaller forwards, it looks like it favors them. When and when it gets in the playoffs, can those guys on London perform? Can they perform? And that's going to be the thing. And there's a big size difference for them. I don't think they're the biggest team up front. That's for sure. And at the end of the day, I think a lot of it is size and strength in the playoffs, right? In the corners, if you want to win a seven-game series, you're going to have to win puck battles, right? Mm-hmm. Can they do that over time in the offensive zone? Can they retrieve pucks? And not saying that they can't, but size matters. And 
in my opinion, watching them play Guelph, watching them play Windsor. And hey, you saw it with Sarnia. You saw it with Sarnia this year against a lot of Knights. Can they get over that? Because when teams play close gap control against the London Knights, they don't do anything. And that's why Sarnia, that's why Sarnia has taken advantage of that this year. That's why Guelph has taken advantage of that this year. And that's why Windsor's starting to. And video gets around. Teams know tendencies. And I just think, though, when teams really grit down against that top line and shut them down, it's a, it's a tough one for them to overcome. And also another point quickly, Reese, I know we're going over time, but Brett Rochu's been overworked. Brett Rochu's been worked. He's been worked hard. And I know you can say, right, he's ha- he has, fam- he has he's a younger brother, right? He had to work for everything. I get that. But eventually time catches up. Tom Brady's retired now. Tom Brady's retired now. And it was always Tom versus time, right? And overcome it. And it's only a matter of time before when you overplay games and then you go through a little bit of a funk. And I hope that's not the case, but you start to see holes. Remember at the start of the year how technical he was, right? He's more technical around the net. And now it's starting to find holes. You can start to see these goals. The goal, the game-winning goal on Friday night against Kitchener wasn't his fault. It was a botched coverage, but the puck went right through his legs. That's a puck where if you have your stick down in between your five hole, that goes in the net. Okay, that's not. That's not in the net. So there's starting to be holes. There's starting to be a lot of movement. I think he's just got to tone it down a little bit, quiet his game down a little bit, and stay post to post. But if it's a two-on-one, why do you have to have him come way out of your net and challenge the shooter? When you can, if you creep in a little bit, obviously you don't want to get a shooter or anything, but majority of the time they pass. Two-on-ones, you really never see a shot anymore. It's always a pass. So yeah. that's just some things I want to see a little bit more. I just want to see more technical. I want to see more post-to-post movement instead of diving out a little fish out of water, I like to call it. But post-to-post, stay more positioned. Position the shooter, right? Have better positioning. And if he does that, they'll be fine. But it just looks like he's tired right now. So I hope that that's a case now with the end of the week. Get some time off. I hope now he can regroup and be Brett Rochu because he's certainly one of the best goalies in our league. And I know he's going to be fine, but that's just a couple points I've noticed over the last weekend. Well, yeah, and that's the exact thing is the break. Like we saw the London Knights didn't play all one weekend. Yeah. We saw how they, they played the weekend out. after they didn't play that break. Like, like yeah. a couple of weekends ago. It was like they were on top of the world in terms of how they were playing. And then, you know, with two losses this past weekend, kind of flipped the script a little bit. So <laughs> you look like Neil Young one night, you look like Cy the next. Like Cy is in like Gangnam style. Cy Young. Cy Young. Oh, I got you. I was like, bro, what are you talking about? Baseball reference. Baseball be, reference for that. it. Love yeah, that. I had to, had to throw a little baseball reference. But it's true, though. They're a team that looks like that. One night they look like Cy Young. The next they look like Neil Young. Yeah. And it's true. It's true. All right. Before we hit the break, uh, player and goaltender of the week were announced. Uh, player of the week is Hamilton Bulldogs forward Logan Morrison. Two goals and seven assists for nine points in three games. He was also a plus eight on the weekend. Also considered for this award, uh, Jordan Frasca, the Kingston Frontenacs. He had three goals, five assists for eight points. And Brandon Coe, the OHL scoring leader, uh, he had three goals, four assists as the troops won three in a row. That was a nice sentence to end that article. Now, of course, this was kind of after Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's an obvious. We knew that was coming. Uh, Pavel Chayon of the Kitchener Rangers 
109 saves in two victories, 3.46 goals against average, save percentage of 940. Yeah, he shined on TSN and he shined on Saturday against Owen Sound for sure. Also considered for the award, uh, Xavier Medina of the Windsor Spitfires. He was 2-0 as well, 1.5 goals against average, uh, save percentage of 929. And then rookie Dom DeVincentis of the North Bay Battalion. He was 2-0, had a 2 goals against average, save percentage of 925. DeVincentis is having a really good year, too. He's kind of good year. I was say, that's a solid backup for Dover Better. Yeah. Yeah, they have really good goaltending there. Yeah. All right, that ends segment number two. We will take a break. Come right back for this week's featured game. We'll get you set up and wrap up the show next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Final segment before we wrap up the show this week. Uh, time to get to our featured game. It is going to be on Family Day, 21st. So I guess next Monday. We will be in Hamilton. And we're going to do something fun with this one. We'll start with the game. Uh, it's the Erie Otters visiting the Hamilton Bulldogs. Two o'clock start on family day at the first Ontario Center. Um, yeah, we, we got a fun idea planned for this one. We can't talk about too much of the game now because something's yeah, going up. Right, exactly. We're not, we're, yeah, we're not really going to do a deep dive into this game. Uh, we, I don't know if you want to say we've made the executive decision, but. <laughs> we are We're taking going, the building over yeah right <laughs> okay. like two o'clock start uh we will either be live or we will have a video posted at 12 30 of our preview for this game kind of an in arena fun thing to do we figure hey you know it's family day we'll be at the arena On anyways the might be something On fun the to network yeah exactly might be fun to do something like this you know kind of test it out as you know, head in towards the playoffs as we get into some games in the playoffs, maybe do something similar, but, you know, definitely leading into next year, trying to get some more of that content out on social media, Instagram, Twitter, you know, just a, just a way to reach more fans around the Ontario hockey league. So uh, yeah, this Sunday, 1230 Eastern time, uh, we'll be live from the first Ontario center in Hamilton uh, to preview the otters and bulldogs on family day. Yeah, and it's gonna be it's exciting. It's gonna be an exciting one. We both like these teams. It's gonna be like the old days, Reese, where we just start pick a player, right? What's gonna what are we gonna keep an eye on in this game? Like it's gonna be fun. It'd probably be a good five, maybe ten minute, just a quick update, maybe less than five, just a quick update on the game. And just being on the network now, Reese, it's good to get us out there. Yeah. So it's just another opportunity and it's gonna be fun. It's exciting times for sure. And uh I like to break out the new uh, golf shirt or the jackets. Yeah, absolutely. I like to, yeah, I like to bring something out for the for sure for the live. Yeah, too yeah, exciting. Well, sure. it does get cold sometimes in the building, so especially down at ice level. There, yeah, especially down at ice level. We're down at ice level. It's gonna be cold with the golf shirt. 
So, like we said, uh, we will be live 12.30 on Monday, February 21st. First Ontario Centre, Erie Otters, Hamilton Bulldogs. Uh, not only are we going to do a pregame thing, uh, we're also going to see what we can accomplish afterwards as kind of a post-audio recap, I guess, or video, um, which is hilarious because we'll go immediately home and record the show, which will be funny. But um, yeah, m- maybe our first segment will be the recap of this show um, from the arena. Well, still got to figure out details. Cool. We're about a week away, so. It'd be nice to get a guest on, a post-game guest, go yeah. live and have a guest on. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be nice. That would be good because it'd be nice to start getting the video content out. Right? Like I know yeah. we've been talking about this for a while, and it'd be nice to get it out. So that'd be cool if we could end up getting the like a player or coach on, mm-hmm. an office member. It'd be cool to get a, some, especially a player from the game. It would be cool to get the player of the game on or something. That would be pretty cool, but we'll see. Yeah. Work out the details for sure. So yeah, Make schedules sure move quick at the games too, right? Sorry, Reese, but the yeah. schedules no. move quick at the games too, right? Visiting team don't want to get out of there either way. Win or lose quick, and then being an after Monday afternoon game, home team will want to get out of there quick too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, some of the players got school the next day. We have work. Yay. Yeah. So make sure you stay tuned. Instagram and Twitter, as well as Facebook. I guess we'll post a video there afterwards after we go live, but um, at the OHL and 60 podcast is where you can find it. And you can follow along uh, throughout the game, family day, special Erie Otters, Hamilton Bulldogs. We will be live from first Ontario center. It's a 2 PM start 1230. We will be live. So that'll just wrap up the show for us this week. And there was a lot to get to, and we didn't get there in 60 minutes, but kind of close over time. I swear we could have four topics and reach 60 minutes. I swear four topics and reach 60 minutes. Pick it up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A lot goes on in a week. It's wild how much goes on in a week. Yeah. In this league, it's crazy. Well, long weekend ahead. I'm sure restrictions being eased on the 17th. Yeah, family. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's have full buildings for the playoffs. Yeah, I hope so. Start leaning into it. Uh, but, yeah, thank you to everyone for tuning into this week's show. Again, uh, we'll be live. First Ontario Centre, 1230 on Family Day. Uh, should be a fun one between the Otters and Bulldogs. So, until then, well, I guess it still will be. Uh, we will chat again in seven days. Uh-huh.